0: Hey, y'all. So it's your host, Jared. So I just wanted to say a couple things before the episode started. First, special shout out to Rodney for doing the interview. I really appreciate it. You understand as you listen to the episode why this interview was so special and important to me. And also, please go check out Higher Learning, which is a creation of Rodney Boyd, our guest for today as it's a HBCU trivia game, really dope. I've never seen anything like it before, so you want to get it. And also, he has blessed the podcast and listeners with a 15% code off on any order that comes in using the code AWKWARD. So what you're going to do is you're going to go over you're gonna, you know, put in your information, get ready to purchase, and at the time of purchase, you're gonna put in the code awkward and get 15 percent off. He's a HBCU alumni. He graduated from Morehouse College, and you know, at HBCUs, we support our own, and it's a dope product. I hope I can't wait to get mine, and I'll show y'all, and y'all, let me know how y'all like it. And with that, let's jump into the episode. So, hello, welcome back to another episode of the Awkward Adventures of a College Graduate, and I'm happy to be here today because it's actually a special interview. Um, Before I introduce the guest, I have to just give him his roses a little bit and just talk about this podcast. So, boom, back in 2017, I was taking summer classes. We're not going to talk about why I had to take summer classes. We're just going to leave that alone. (laughs) But um, I heard this podcast called On My Grown, the podcast. I forgot how I just came across it, but Basically, I started listening. And so, y'all know I went to Lincoln University of Pennsylvania, uh, HBCU. And so, like, I'm listening I'm to this it. podcast and I'm like, oh, snap, like two HBCU alumni. They're talking about their experiences and stuff like that. And they're not far off from where I'm at. So it was just a dope opportunity just to learn things. And so when I graduated in 2019, I was like, oh, OK, this is what they were talking about. This is my ghetto. <laughs> this <laughs> the donut thing is ghetto. And I understand what they're talking about. So from there, I was like, you know, I have my own experiences. I could talk about um, very immediately being out of school. And so because of this podcast, that podcast, I was able to start that this podcast on my uh, Ugh, Awkward Adventures of a College Graduate and I think on my the podcast for that. So I just want to give our guests those roses and he didn't know I was going to do that. But I just wanted to say I appreciate him for that. And I'm gonna allow him the opportunity to introduce himself right now.
1: Hey, appreciate that, Jared, man. Um, so, for everybody who doesn't know, my name is Rodney Boyd, um, class of 2014, Morehouse grad, member um, of Alpha Alpha Incorporated. and um, I would say,
0: oh, I kind of lost you a little bit.
1: How about okay? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And i would say I, I would say yeah proud member alpha alpha, alpha fraternity incorporated and i would say like a past podcaster or a previous podcast host uh on my grown kind of ran consecutively from like 2016 to 2018 and then we brought it back uh to do you know to to do like what we the bounce commentary which is like our insecure after show um, uh, where we discussed that
0: um, fire about way, please check it out if you have
1: yeah yeah so um, yeah, man, you know, it's, it's dope to hear the stories of the people who, you know, listen and, and, and get something forward because, you know, as you, you're probably realizing with podcasting, your audience is there, but there is like, you don't, it, yeah. the connection is, is not, it doesn't always hit you. Um, because oftentimes people are just listening kind of in the comfort of this space and, and, and they just taking everything with them. So, uh, it's good to be on the show. You know, this, I, I miss, I miss podcasting
0: all right thank you I appreciate having you so one thing I want to start off with it just helps like you know it's an icebreaker and it's just in nature with the podcast is we're awkward here that is my whole thing okay. I'm awkward I'm an ambivert so a little in between being an introvert and you know extrovert so what is one awkward thing that you hate or you experience it could be in a workplace it could just be in life or something that's just like Every time you think about it, it's like, uh, it's just it's annoying. And then from there we'll jump into like the interview.
1: Awkward, man, awkward. Um, I, you know that the, you know now and in, in, with working remote, uh, that awkward kind of like, should we hang up? Should we leave yet? Like, are we just kind of? And you know, I, I pride myself in being the guy that's like, uh, thank you, you know, who yells thank you very loud and, and just mm-hmm. tries to. Make that time as short as possible so we all get up get up out of there. So yeah, that's 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 something I've been dealing with. That's always awkward.
0: Oh yes, yes, I understand that. That one is always worse. You're just staring at each other like so we going, what are we doing here? Like, okay. <laughs> right, right.
1: And I'm trying to move my mouse over the leave cursor and not look awkward. So yeah.
0: <laughs> this is that, and it's I I guess I'll get my awkward moment it's the beginning of those work calls when people are still getting themselves together and they don't quite realize that they on the camera and you're like trying to they fixing themselves or they got right. a glass of like something they shouldn't you. be drinking. And it's like, you are at the office now, man. What are you doing? Right. We see you. No, the <laughs> other camera is on.
1: It is <laughs> game time.
0: Right. Um, but let's jump right in. So the first question is just going to kind of start it off. So, you know, I, I've listened to the podcast, but of course, you know, the listeners, these are new people who will be exposed to the, your, your previous podcast, is with podcasting, did you ever see yourself as a content creator or ever doing that? Because I don't think like you had a background like in any type of communication or anything like that where you always like the funny person at home. How did you get into that? Or what made you like jump into content creation out of so many different things you could have spent time on?
1: Yeah, um, that's a good question. So, I guess part of it was in high school. I took I, I've always been like a vocal, like I'll get in front of the crowd type of guy. Uh, SGA president, you know, uh, president of my of my of my chapter. So like it was nothing to kind of step up and be a leader and be in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but in high school, I also took like a a. Um, a journalism class or product yeah like journalism production class where like I our school had a weekly news show and like it was student mm-hmm. ran so we yeah we like so I was like I knew how to use Final Cut Pro in mm-hmm. high school and you know I knew what it was like to I knew media terms b-roll and and things of that nature so I just it was media has always just been like a interest to me back in 2016 like it's you know, like when we when we released the show, it was like a different time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would say that's really when black people started getting like started creating podcasts mm-hmm. and like the 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 barrier of entry was much lower for black creators. Now, it was nothing to get, you know, a little audio set up and release your and get on SoundCloud and release your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was I, I ultimately like what drove me to it was most of the podcasts i listened to were from people who had like platforms who were verified who you know just like people you knew and then i found this one podcast um uh, it mm-hmm. it's called ignor philosophy it's it was a group of people out of indianapolis and they weren't personalities beforehand they were just like people you know like normal people mm-hmm. they had normal i would say normal people who uh just came together to talk about what was going on in their life and for whatever it was really compelling to me mm-hmm and just hearing that and seeing them I was like, well I have, you know, like we you know I was like I have I have some experiences that I feel I can share. Yeah. And then also at the time like I was I had two I was living with two of my profites, we were all yeah. roommates. And we were just having some conversations kind of naturally just at that state, just the, you know just debating life and like what what it was now that we were kind of great you know that we were grown, yeah. they were yeah, older shit. than me. Okay. And so that's that's really what kind of pushed me into saying like, hey, I, I want to do something with this.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. That makes a lot of sense. So I was like, I've always kind of been like curious about that because I was like, that was like one thing I'm like, it's like surprising. And like, I think a lot of people who jump into podcasting usually are never people who are like, oh, I'm going to do radio or something like that. And that's what I love about it. So you kind of alluded to that. So you said that, you know, there was like a small platformer it wasn't a lot of barriers to do it back then necessarily and it's easier now I can imagine than it was back then because you just sign up for an app and you podcast in five minutes so as you started to take those steps to prepare and like really research it um what I guess what were those steps that you took to kind of prepare and research it and make sure it was successful like was there like a marketing strategy you put into place was it like all right let me just jump in and start recording episodes or do things did you have like some type of like formula for it
1: or was it kind of like eh? so it was it's, podcasting became a trial by fire thing in terms of like you know su- certain stuff you saw that we we started doing as a as a podcast um you know we, it, we came to us on the flyer just as we you know were kind of in the thick of it but mm-hmm. prior to launching the podcast what i did you know me personally mm-hmm. i researched uh equipment Um, like I said, I took a little production journalism class in high school. So I had some idea of like, what, like what equipment would be needed to do this type of show. Um, so I researched equipment, looked into, you know, just like hosting, um, just, just doing my Googles, honestly, just Googling Mm -hmm. things, watching YouTube videos and kind of learning that way. And then ultimately just buying equipment and doing practice recordings. Mm -hmm. So their their recordings I did with like, you know, I had bought a bunch of this equipment. And then I like with my roommates and our girlfriends at the time, I was like, yo, let's go record a a fake episode, you know. (laughs) And so we would practice. And then, you know, Mel and I, we didn't know each other until until the podcast. I reached out Mm -hmm. to her because of the podcast. Yeah. And so we we were doing practice episodes. We did like three or four practice episodes where we're trying to just get the chemistry and just get a flow of podcasting. Initially, we thought we could do it without a script, but oh, yeah. know, we learned that there, you know, like, no, like things, <laughs> things have to be scripted. We're just not that good yet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, we just haven't been around each other that, that long yet. So, yeah, so my big thing was I researched the equipment. Once I kind of had an idea of the equipment, found, uh, you know, at the time I was like, all right, SoundCloud hosting is, is the best one or the easiest one I'm going to go with. And then, um, yeah, just practice episodes, just, you know, just working it, and it till, it till it sounded like what I wanted it to sound like. Until it sounded like a, a podcast to me, you know. I, I I listened to podcasts before that. I was like, ah, it's too choppy. It's not there, you know. Um, and so yeah, we 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 really worked on it before we released any episodes.
0: Mm. And that's one thing I can definitely give y'all kudos to, for because I think um, sometimes people in that trial by fire they don't necessarily do that and so you can show and it's good to see that because you can like because i know my first episode ooh, jesus supposed <laughs> to like where I'm yeah at, you listen back you're like
1: <laughs> m-
0: mush mouth what was i doing Thank you me. know i'm like almost like let me take this down this is gonna be some extra content <laughs> yeah uh, so the, like have that thought process like early on that's pretty cool like and it shows that you put some real thought into it and like i guess you knew about the art form and you liked the art form and you like had a respect for it in a sense of like okay if I want to do this I want to make sure I do this right I don't want to like you know just give any old thing in a sense like yeah, kind of yeah. it you.
1: just one I just wanted it to feel sound like what I got out of my podcast like my mm-hmm. podcast you know just to be you know transparent because you know you go back to podcast listen prior to starting the podcast I think I had been um laid off mm-hmm. from work uh, that down we had did some downsizing at my job, and so you know I just had this time where now the podcast, these podcasts I was listening to, and those conversations meant so much more to my day, and just you know just right. how I got through it that I wanted to give that same feeling to people.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, and that's perfect. That's um, it. It, it's, it makes perfect sense. I started my podcast after I quit my job. <laughs> Man, <laughs> <laughs> it was that's a that's a story something
1: about being un, you know just not not having gone go to office you're like you know I should talk to somebody i should i should record some conversations here
0: i should talk to myself <laughs> yeah uh so all right you you did your you did your research you you put out you said okay i want to do this i want to make sure i have this certain type of episode so as you're getting ready for launch What are some of the preconceptions that you have? Did you feel like, oh, this is going to be difficult? Did you feel like, man, we finna be successful. We going to be the read. We going to be this podcast. How did you like, what did you think this would kind of look like in a sense? And how did you go like when you did kind of figure out, okay, this ain't it. How did that feel in a sense?
1: Yeah. So like, I would say like, that's, that's a common trait of me. For me, it's like, once I get an idea, I only see it big. I only saw Mm -hmm. us. With the advertising deals, I only saw us just starting to you know pop and, and really yeah compete with the read, mm-hmm. you know for real, for real. uh because I thought our niche and like the subject matter was perfect. I thought the chemistry was great. and you know I, I to, you know I thought Mel was hilarious. I, I really you know like looked at her shoulder and her in our comedic kind of load and just playing off her. Um, so, to me, it was like, we going to release, and then probably by, like, after the first month, <laughs> we was going to be big, you know, we was going to be on, um, at the time, what was, uh, damn, what's the read, what network is the read on? I think
0: it's Loudspeaker.
1: Loudspeaker, I was like, yeah, we're going to get, everybody was trying to get signed by Loudspeaker. Right, I remember. <laughs> Like 2016, 2017, if you if you started a podcast and it lasted a year, you was like, Well, loudspeakers gotta come get me now because I'm talking to black people. Mm -hmm. And um, as you as I learn more about podcasting, you I just I understand why some you know that wasn't likely. Mm -hmm. Um but then it just hit us that it it takes time to build a buzz, it takes time to build an audience, Mm -hmm. people wanna see consistency, people wanna see. And it was like, I think for me, I was trying to, if you look, if you look back, one thing mm. I always thought, I, I like, I pat myself on the back for mm. was when we first dropped, we released three episodes on the first day. Yeah. Three very different episodes. One is like me interviewing my parents. One is us like just wa- watching Stomp the Yard and just talking mm. our like our greeky stuff. And then I think the third one was more like the format that the show kind of continued down. Mm And my idea was just like, all right, I'm going to give people these three episodes to try us to see if they want to come back for a second week. Mm -hmm. Or and then I just also want to see what people are responding to, like what format of content do people want from us? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like I try to use those things to inform us. But like, yeah, it was like, all right, this is going to be a slow build. Um, You know, we have to get more creative and in how we promote and how we just like produce content and think about content um you know so yeah that was it was kind of like all right damn we're not as you know we're we're not as big as we thought we were going to be it's going to take some time and then you kind of realize all the little small things that it's going to take to to really get you up to that big place Mm -hmm. um and so we tried to do it but it's hard you know especially like just balancing like a full-time job um creating content is hard Mm -hmm. especially in today's market
0: and that's a question I wanted to kind of branch off of. And I didn't get a chance to send that, but I was thinking about that. So you both managed to like balance full-time jobs doing that. What was that like? So like, you know, there's the, the Twitter joke with Shea Butter Twitter and nine to five grinding Wire's Twitter about having that nine to five and five to nine. If you don't quit your nine to five to focus on your five to nine. So, yeah. so how did you manage to balance that and like figure out that perfect balance? Or is there even balance in doing that? Is it some days like, all right, I have to put my energy here, and some days I have to push back, pull back on this.
1: Yeah, no. If I could, no, we. I, I would say we probably never really found that balance. Um, in part because I think some things I, I kind of, I think I took on a lot with the show. Like not, and not like I would, I was the one who's typically writing the scripts and editing the show because it was mm-hmm. just my equipment, right. and um, as well as cutting the clips. Um, I think later on we got it we we, fat, we figured we got some systems in place where like mail could cut some clips as well uh, but it was just always hard it would be times I would be in lunch you know I'd be at my lunch the next day after we recorded episode cutting up clips to upload mm-hmm. and you know and and things um, so yeah it's, it's hard I think that's why like with podcasts in particular like nowadays the 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 heavy cost is going to be on like wanting to build a team and wanting to have people that can like specifically do that type of stuff
0: yeah yeah it's, it's funny that you said that because that was like um funny enough a podcast they were kind of talking about that it's like they said that if you want to get to that that next level you have to stop doing minimum wage things so whether or not that's like you're doing the editing if you're focused on the content creation you might have to divvy that off to somebody else if you're spending all that time doing those different things so it's funny hearing you say that that makes a lot of sense and it you I can you can tell like as a podcaster that's why I have like mad respect for you and Mel for which I did because like taking on all that being the talent and then doing all the extra stuff it's like
1: it's it's a grind. It's a grind. You know, and like I, I I would often feel like, man, our content could really be better if I didn't have to mm. if my head wasn't a thousand places. Mm. Um, you know, and, and 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 so yeah, that was my thing. Like I I think, you know, if we would have taken proactive steps of like maybe after a year of truly building a team, um, you know, who knows where we might be right now.
0: So you um, kind of talked about that. I kind of want to switch gears a little bit. So yeah, this is talking more towards like more the personal side of things. So like okay. as a podcaster, um, especially like with the content that you have. So like if for y'all and all my friends who are listening, y'all know I've talked about this podcast about five times. Um, <laughs> basically, um, oftentimes when you have a podcast like this, you speak on a lot of personal things or things that close, that hit closer to home. So how did you kind of like navigate that space of maintaining privacy, but also authenticity and transparency. Because I can say one of my favorite episodes was the Struggle Bus Chronicles. Because when I tell you, and we, we cuss on this podcast, it's fine by the way. Okay. That shit hit. I was like, "Oh, this is what they was talking about." Yeah. <laughs> In like, that level of transparency, I haven't seen anywhere else. So to be able to do that and like be on a platform and say this against how many of our listeners you had at that time, yeah. Like, yeah, this is what's going on respect to you so how do you balance that and do you have any advice for I guess like content creators who are doing that right now
1: man so like it's funny like that that question like I'm thinking so much just one because like I'm mentally and like most I'm in such a different place and how I kind of perceive privacy now mm-hmm. at this age than when I was there then but uh what I would say is to Mel's credit she was always kind of like I'm gonna just be forthcoming myself and like mm-hmm. just tell what tell whatever I got, yeah. Um, on on it. So she, you know, I, I credit her with like she really was like always gonna uh, on that. I'm gonna be as transparent as possible. So mm-hmm. it really l- led to where I had to be as well. Now I admit, like there was sometimes like it was some things you would like you know if you're in a relationship you would omit or yeah. Uh, you yeah. know like it's it because there's you know you, if you're involved with somebody you you know you want to lend respect to your partner and, and their privacy because they don't um they didn't ask to be uh, you know your content you know right right um but i think you know it's one of those things it's just uh, you know you you as you as you're getting into it you just feel like you gotta tell it right, right? that's where the, that's where the good content is mm-hmm. like struggle bus chronicles that mm-hmm. i think the numbers that did that week, it was like, it blew our mind. It was probably one of our better performing episodes when we first dropped. And it was just us being so vulnerable. And it was one of those things we probably just really needed it. We both like yeah. just needed to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a form of therapy, of cheap therapy at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're balancing your privacy, you know, cause I, I consider myself more of a private person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all about, you know, just setting boundaries is, is nothing that, that says, um, you can't set boundaries and, and make good content. but I think you also have to you keep that in mind in the type of content you make. like if I ever came back to podcasting, I probably wouldn't do anything of that same nature. I would do something mm-hmm. more like subject matter kind of right. focus mm-hmm. um, well, to come
0: back by the way. I'm just I'm you, know <laughs> you know what
1: you know what so my assumption is we'll probably do the last season mm-hmm. of insecure
0: listen y'all have to i'm just saying yeah yeah, yeah.
1: it's kind of like the best way to close (laughs) out the show to me um yeah so we're going to do that and then i i do want to get back into podcasting like not necessarily as a personality but i i think Mm i i think i do want to get on into producing podcasts and Mm -hmm. maybe even building a network we'll see
0: yeah oh listen might have to talk afterward because you're some more thoughts about that. Um, but thank you for that and like that's a that's really I think super important especially like um, and it's just crazy how five years makes a difference like in just the evolution of social media like one thing you see now with like a lot of these artists and like these I'm, I'm saying young kids I'm 24 and I'm talking about they're young but like people like my age is it seems like that line or that blur of like privacy and like real life isn't there and you almost see like, how it makes a difference like some people are just like really going through it so I always was like curious of like how that like the best kind of like handle that because you don't want to give people too much but at the same time you want to you have to if you're allowing yourself to be public in that manner some things you want to share so that you are reaching people so it's like and it almost seems like that's like a whole thing now within it because people can't cancel, cancel you over saying whatever or things like that so it's like how do you best balance that out because some people just don't know when to too. so it's like it's, it's it's really tricky
1: yeah it's it's about you know i think it it, it will ultimately get back to like your intentions if mm-hmm. you you know if you're doing things out of a pure and and like a genuine authentic place you're going to you're going to give some authenticity mm-hmm. And, you know, like you're going to share things about yourself, but it's going to come from a place of like, you know, like I'm doing this because because I really feel about feel something for this Mm -hmm. opposed to I know this is good content. So I'm going to just be like this or I'm going to share this, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the people will people will sense it. Mm
0: -hmm. Definitely, definitely. So I guess the next question is it kind of it's all within the same topic is. So you have your podcasting journey, so 2016 to 2018. And of course, you know, afterwards, you know, coming back for Insecure. Um, are there any regrets that you have in a journey, anything that you would do differently? Um, and if there are any pearls of wisdom that you have for somebody who's starting up a podcast now, successful podcast or any general advice, what would you give them? And yes. you can take that however you want to, piece by piece or, you know, whatever.
1: Right. So regrets, I would say I probably would have started started with trying to build a team finding someone who was into editing mm-hmm. um and could maybe even manage the socials mm-hmm. um who was kind of going to be willing to be along for the ride that's the hard part is like yeah it would, yeah you know like it would have been hard to find somebody and and be like man um you know i i need you to help us with this but like we're not gonna get paid for a little bit you know yeah. yeah. uh so that would have been hard um you know, I ultimately like what what kind of like messed up the podcast was. I, I took a job in Chicago. You know, that was really good for mm-hmm. me at the time. And um, you know, I it, you know, if I could to go back and you know still be in Atlanta, I think one that would have kept the podcast going. You know, consistent consistently longer. Um, what other regrets? I think that that's really about it. You know, it was it was fun. I think so much of what I learned podcasting and just managing the podcast, I you know, is stuff I I kind of hint at in interviews now and just my you know, like it it gave me a, a skill set that um you know that I use in other other aspects of my life. So I really enjoyed it. It was it was good. Um advice for current podcasters, man. So like you know, the mark, you know, I look back. And we were we were kind of early on the fad, like we were some of the first regular people to, to, to
0: yes no work
1: <laughs> in our you know like in our social circle, like once we did it, we people started coming to us like hey, we about to start a podcast, can you help? You know, or we just start seeing people start creating podcasts and you know, or becoming other type of content creators. So, you know, we were we were, you know, early on the wave, um
0: Especially in the HBCU like realm, like a lot yeah. of people aren't necessarily doing that like or it was very niche to certain things, but to be mm-hmm. as transparent and to like talk about your experiences or just to hear homecoming covered in like a way like that, it was like different.
1: Right, right, right. I still feel like I don't and maybe it's just me, I don't know of any other podcast that kind of exists in the HBCU. There's no like flagship HBCU podcast no. in my mind. No. Um which is, you know, like not a knock to anyone. I just, it, it's just, you know, kind of the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, advice, man, I would say, I would say be hyper uh, subject focused. Mm-hmm. I think the days of like, oh, me and my friends are funny. Like we gonna mm-hmm. put together a show. That, that's kind of, that's, I think that's done in terms of content um, because it's just so much of that. Everybody thinks their group of friends is funny. What mm-hmm. you figure out is like, y'all, you know, like y'all are not really that much funnier than, and, and and the people who have shows like that that are still around, they have platforms. They you know so like be focused on the subject, be hyper focused on the subject. Um, invest in video. Uh, be on. I, I would definitely make sure you're on. Uh, you're like people can play you on Spotify because Spotify is investing a lot into podcasting. So I think that there's going to be some things there. I'm. I, Spotify also has this feature where if you do it through Anchor, I think if you, or you're or you hosting through Anchor, you can put music at the end of the episode or in the episode.
0: Yeah. So they make it a lot easier. So they have their own like music thing where you can kind of like use whatever music there. Or I think it's even a thing where they sometimes take care of the copyright as well. So Yeah.
1: It's, it's- yeah. So, yeah. So like you can use like, yeah, like copyright music because it's like it would just count as a stream or something. Mm-hmm um so I would say that like that's like that's why I want to would want to produce podcasts dabble in like expand you know like in the format of podcasting and like what what it can be you know I would love I think short form podcasting is going to become uh big you know like 15-20 minutes kind of
0: definitely
1: kind of things um so yeah that would be my advice uh to anybody who's starting (laughs) I'm sorry excuse me God bless you um, was there a third part?
0: Uh no, regrets. I think you kind of covered it, but I, I did want to add one small part into it. So you talked about your biggest regrets. What were some of the best things out of it? So it was it's not all doom and gloom. I know like yeah. you kind of talked about transferable skills or other things, or were there those moments where somebody was like, Hey Rodney, I listened to podcasts. podcast, I really mess with it, or like those like those moments you feel like I'm making a difference here in a sense. It, yeah, I mean it's
1: always been, you know, like it was like between reading reviews yeah. uh running into people and being like yo like I really messed with the podcast it was a few of my older profiles like yo man I listened to your show it's really good and you know like I was like oh wow that's you're like you're the last person I kind of expected to listen to it but you know I, thank you yeah. um I th- yeah so like it, it's good memories that, you know I think like I said I didn't know Mel prior to it so you know Uh, our introduction is, is a, is a benefit of it. You know, she does stand up now, which, um, you know, she would, she was yeah, she was, you know, like she started talking about on the show. So to, you know, to go from there to like actually getting up and doing, doing it, you know, that's, that's, that's dope. Um, I think for for me, like the coolest thing is going to be able to go back and share those things with my kids.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Um, and be like, this is what you're, how cool or like how smart your dad thought he was at like 24, <laughs> 25. He thought he had it figured out and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And like, you're going to sound like this, you know? So, you know, I think that aspect is what I, I'm i looking forward to sharing
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the most. Um, but yeah, it was a good journey. Like I said, like a lot of skills transferable, like project management and all that stuff. Like you, you really, you really learn a lot if you're really, you know doing a weekly podcast and you know as you're learning being a content creator creating consistent content is so exhausting right because like yes you've got (laughs) to have the energy like it's one thing you got to create it then you got to promote it and Mm. and get it out there it's it's exhausting so it's it's hard when you see these people coming with show week after week don't Mm. take that lightly you know Mm. like that's that's a lot of energy they're they're you know exuding
0: Right, definitely. And you got to like, and I know you can allude to it. You could be pissed off about something. I mean, write this caption real quick and post the yeah. story like, hey, y'all, how's it going? Here's going, the questions. <laughs>
1: so, going through it with somebody, you know, just get got done arguing with, uh, you know, over text and got to be like, all right, we got to record this episode. Right. So. Yeah.
0: Thank you for that. Thank you. And no final question on this part of the interview is, so if you had like a top three and five, if you need it, who are some of your biggest inspirations who were as far as podcasting, content creation or business? And the business question, of course, leads into the second part of the interview. Who would you say are people you look up to?
1: When it came to podcasting, I looked up to, you know, for me it was like loudspeakers network. Mm -hmm. Um, and as a white man, Chris Morrow, who, uh, has that network. Um, but i just thought you know like like i thought what they were doing there in terms of you know giving black people a voice in this podcast space was dope and you know i think right. a lot of what we see is you know what we're seeing is in terms of black people and podcasting you know is kind of branching off of that and their early success um i think was there anybody else that was like uh a... No, I no, I don't. I think, may, like, uh, podcasting,
0: or even like content creation or business-wise, was there anybody? You can yeah,
1: you? I have someone for business. I'm trying to think. But I was trying to think of basically, I was trying to think of somebody else too, like, you know, other people yeah. could look up to. Um, oh, it was the guy. It was this guy who did Ignorant Philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. What does he call himself now? Eric Dizzy, Eric something. He long story short, the guy, the who the host of Ignor Philosophy, he went on and he created like two or three more other podcasts that were like scripted. Um, but he was somebody I looked up to because I, you know, he was somebody who was just like he fell into it, but like he he was really putting in the work to really grow the platform. Um and then finally for business, uh and to kind of lead into our next segment, um, you know, Nipsey Hustle uh honestly has been a huge inspiration. You know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I just I really didn't get hip to him until his album dropped in 2018. Um, but from there, I've been a huge fan, and he's just been a huge inspiration.
0: Yeah, definitely. But he he was, you know, what he created was like something I've not seen before. Like his grind, just his like evolution was dope.
1: Yeah, and it was yeah, just how he you know we we was we were witnessing it. You know, he was telling mm-hmm. us he was telling us the game as he was doing it. Mm-hmm and he he was he was forward thinking he said i was always going to build something that could stay after me and
0: mm-hmm. it has
1: <laughs> yeah you know it, you know unfortunately it had it was sooner than he anticipated but yeah
0: right all right okay yeah, thank you for that so that kind of ends that segment now let's talk about higher learning trivia that we're going to go into that this i'm excited about cuz um i represent I have to just look into the camera and say this. I represent Link the Lincoln University, the first HBCU. There's another school that claims they're the first, but I don't know how you're the first if you're not giving out degrees. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you no know, paperwork. Why, why do you <laughs> need white man's paperwork? <laughs> the saying you can't school right. if you're not giving out degrees. I'm sorry. I love <laughs> y'all, Chaney. Sometimes
1: <laughs> it was just over there learning and stuff. No, no, no records, just vibes. <laughs>
0: hmm just like oh here you go what's that oh it's just it's just something here <laughs> i'm like i'm done learning today mm-hmm. yeah i i decided I, I spent my four years here <laughs> yeah but um so if you want at this point in time you want to talk about a little bit more about the game how like what just like a little short synopsis about like what higher learning trivia kind of is for those who may not know
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So high learning trivia. I'm, i I got, it, I got it right here. I'm putting it on uh, camera. Okay, real perfect, quick. right? <laughs> you know, product placement. Mm-hmm. High learning trivia is an original uh, trivia game that I created. That, um, you know, just to be honest, it, 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 it's, it has similar play to Black Card Revoked, mm-hmm. and that there are questions that are, you know, fact based, and there's a correct mm-hmm. answer. And then there are questions, you know, that are more geared towards the historically Black college uh, Mm. culture that are debate, you know, like majority rules, like whoever, whichever one gets the most votes is the correct answer. Uh, But it's all about HBCUs. And um, it's something I actually started working on in April of 2019. It didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to release it until October of 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been, you know, it was a work in progress and it's been a labor of love and, yeah it's kind of to me it's really like a child to me and Mm -hmm. it it, and i would even say you know on my grown kind of influenced it in terms of you know the just the way mel and i didn't go to the same school but could talk and and, you know exist in that same hbc universe and connect and have other people you know vibe with us was like okay there's a community here for Mm -hmm. sure and then um you know like everybody at the time really was the big thing for me was i saw when beyonce released homecoming on Netflix. Oh, yes <laughs> you know i was like nah I, I was like hbcus we're having a moment but this moment feels like it's going to stick around yeah you know like this is this is something we gotta like we gotta pick the ball up and ro- run with and you know to me higher learning trivia is kind of like a, a part of that in terms of to keep that momentum and keep the love and the shine on hbcus we have to um observe and celebrate them in new ways that we haven't before and so you know my my contribution was an original trivia game um just looking at the market in terms of adult Mm -hmm. board games and card games that are popular um and saying like hey there's some there's there's room here for this there's there's a space that exists that isn't being a need that isn't being met and I, i think i have a solution
0: for it and definitely a solution by the way i will be picking up my own copy uh soon because let me tell you homecoming 2021 prayer, prayerfully you know let's just hope the delta variant just does their thing over there um yeah. I'm gonna be there I'm gonna be like this the game we about to play we're gonna have it's our pregame pre- and everything like that and just fun.
1: <laughs> I think yeah I think we're gonna declare here a, a high learning trivia is the official pregame game for you know homecoming twenty twenty one.
0: It is it is
1: you know <laughs> if you get the question wrong you take a shot <laughs>
0: Are you trying to you get turn up, problem? you turn mm-hmm. up, and you gotta have the nasty ENJ just like back in college, just to
1: <laughs> make is it a, is is. There's a question in the game about like the like what liquor are you most ashamed you drank in college, <laughs> so to get back there,
0: even more perfect. So you said you've been coming up with this concept. You came up with this concept in 2019, and you weren't able to release it until 2020. So. Or this game rather. How did you come up with the concept? Was there like a light bulb moment? Was it a conversation? Was it just like this? You said you kinda like after Beyonce's performance, you were doing some thinking there. Was that the the light bulb moment or were there other things that said, This is it, this is what I want to do with HBCUs?
1: You know, it was it was two it was two things. My I have my, my line brother Ryan Clark. Mm. He he we were rapping probably in like March or February that year. And he was saying like, yeah, man, you know, like anybody who really wants to get some money, like you have to sell people something, whether you're selling them a service, a product, you like people who make money, sell people things. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, I do need to kind of sell something. And I watched um, on YouTube from uh, the documentary about the Marathon clothing store. About mm-hmm. like the the relaunch in twenty seventeen they had where like it was brand new and and everything and just something in it and it and it, and, and it Nipsey talks about how like the original Crenshaw kind of script that came from like looking in the yearbook and being like that uh, and seeing like some old jerseys and being mm-hmm. like we are gonna pull that forward and he was just saying how it was authentic to him and right and so here I so I saw, like and then you know he he tragically is, is killed then the April March thirty first of that month so then he was really heavy on my mind and um and so I'm kind of saying and so I'm sitting there I'm like well what can I sell that's authentic to me I was like I can't sell nothing Atlanta I'm not from Atlanta I'm not you know nothing you know I couldn't do like a Crenshaw uh, equivalent in Atlanta and I was like I'm HBCUs like that's what I'm that's that's I love that's what I am like that's so much of you know what I feel like you know who I am as a as an individual now so like let me do something in that realm and then I just realized like oh like I love trivia like I should write a trivia game um and and part of that was like two years ago in 2017 I tried to write a, a different world trivia game a different world mm-hmm. probably like a lot of HBCU people it's mm-hmm. my favorite show and so I saw like somebody I saw there was a Martin trivia game out that was very oh, successful yeah. at the time. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I'm going to do a, a different world trivia. I know they have an audience. Somebody <laughs> else released it. Oh, I just kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. And then it just came to me two years later And in that time. I was like, Oh, I should do a generic kind of HBCU trivia mm-hmm. game. Right. So that's ultimately like kind of what brought everything together.
0: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So there was a lot of like, and it seems like this is like a, a constant like concept. There's always a lot of thought put into it and like a lot of planning. It's not like a, it was like a fly by night type of thing. Like you were like obviously putting thought in like, okay, this is how I want this to look and this is how I want this to kind of go in a sense.
1: Yeah, it was just like, I was trying to fill a need and like I had a mission with it. Like mm-hmm. I wanted people who who I wanted people to, who went to different HBCUs to come together, have a good time around it. Right. And then I also just thought like, you know, I have a bunch of younger cousins. I want them, if, like, if we play this at game night, at family game night, I want them, like, just to leave, like, now a little more, like, oh, I'm going to look into a HBCU. Right. And so, like, that's what drove a lot of, like, what I did with this in terms of how st- structured it and, and thinking, like, what do I want the outcome to be?
0: Okay. Okay. That that makes a lot of sense. So I guess my next question with this is kind of, like, so we, we talked about... You said it being released in October 2020, and this question is a little heavy. So uh, 2020 was a was a year. It was a lot that went on between a global pandemic and then a pandemic of racism, well was already here. in yeah. uh, the climate that we're in, and I guess like what kind of came out of it after the fact, like this almost new stream of consciousness after George, George Floyd's unfortunate murder, and how HBCUs have kind of been in that space and that conversation has come up. Uh, was this something that you thought about as you finished up those final touches on the game? Was it something that like was already in your head because you already were like kind of thinking about that when you're creating it? And how do you think like this can kind of lead into that? So you talked about this being something perfect for young cousins and just getting them to think about like an HBCU, is that something you want to try to do or you want to push further as you saw these things occurring in these conversations? Or was it kind of like other things in your mind during that yeah. time
1: period? I mean, so it's a lot there, right? Um, so with the, you know, like with the George Floyd thing, you know, like, like, like we kind of mentioned, like the game was our, it was all, like over a year in motion, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. by the time, um, you know, that, that happened and, and that involves, you know, times of me picking, picking the, like, you know, like constantly working on the game and like times of me, like, I, I don't touch it for months, right? you know, just as a like, oh, this isn't actually going to work. I need to move on. Whoop, do, whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that. Um, but with you know, like with with all that that was exposed in 2020
0: mm-hmm.
1: and HBCUs, I think I think a few things are gonna happen. I mm-hmm. think, you know, we, we're gonna see a renewed interest in HBCUs and, and we're seeing it in mm-hmm. terms of more people, you know, and and this is a trend some people have been tracing back, I want to say like 2015, but more black students are like. Yeah, when it comes to my education, like racism is just something like I don't I can do without. And right. like people right. are like more encouraged to go to HBCUs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think what we're seeing with college sports in terms of players being able to get paid for their likeness. Yes. I think that's only going to help HBCUs in terms of these players, you know, these high school players, they've been followed since they were in middle school. They have mm-hmm. YouTubes. they got, you know, they got Instagrams. They're going to be able to get eyes on them wherever. So I think they're going to be more encouraged to come to HBCUs right. where they're, you know, where they're showing some real love. Um I think this is a you know and even what we we saw this week with um I forget the 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 woman's name, last name Jones she wrote the 1619 project um and her picking Howard over UNC yes, you know yes, yes. um w- what we're seeing is you know as 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 we all as a kind of people realize like this racism is really intense and it's so. Mm-hmm so deeper than we realized that mm-hmm. it was, we're going to choose to be around ourselves more. And I think you're just going to see HBCUs grow. Um, now, unfortunately, I think what's going to require like this growth to kind of stick is HBCUs are going to have to find some way to get resources. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have to improve infrastructure and things. And, and mm-hmm. I think, I think schools are doing that. I think, you mm-hmm. know, you know, as a Morehouse alum, I've, I've read our strategic plan and I see mm-hmm. like, I feel like Morehouse is kind of taking, is on that track. So I believe a lot of other HBCUs are.
0: Especially like Delaware State, like their acquisition of like a PWI. Yeah. feel good. <laughs> I was like, it, it shows that there's.
1: Right. We're thriving and we can, mm-hmm. you, we can build. So I think, I think you're, you're only going to see mm-hmm. um, HBCUs become relevant and important. Um, but my goal is, is, you know, that it. My concern, my concern is that, you know, maybe with Joe Biden and Kamala in office that Mm -hmm. once again, we as black people get lulled back to sleep in terms of like, you know, we get some, we get some wins, but, and then we forget like, no, like racism is still here. It's very intense and we need to Mm -hmm. be building infrastructure and things for ourselves and and being around ourselves. Um, So, yeah.
0: Thank you for that. And I think that I know that was like a multifaceted question, but I I love just like kind of that thought process behind it, because you definitely see it. It seems like people are are waking up um, in a sense. And I just hope that they continue to be awoke and just move forward in the, you know, in the right direction, whatever that looks like for them.
1: Right. Um, And I think the biggest thing is we're realizing is like mm -hmm. it is important to be around one another it is yes. and that is you like there's some there are health benefits to it mm-hmm. there's some mental you know mental emotional benefits to mm-hmm. it it's important that we come around each other and, and we continue to love each other as as black people and so I, you know that's what i want more of
0: mm-hmm, definitely especially that that mental thing just like some of the uh, the stories that you hear of people who have like gone to different schools and some of the things they've in they've encountered i i i was like well um it's it's rough. <laughs> I mean,
1: you know, I have one of my line brothers, he was at Georgetown Law uh mm-hmm. school and they had an issue where a professor was caught recorded saying like she believes her black students are less qualified to be there. Wow. And their grades kind of show it. Mm-hmm. And you know, people were just like, Well, if you think this, you're going to grade them harder and you're right. going to give them lower grades. And so, like, to think like, and not once in my college career did I ever look at a grade and go is this professor racist? You know, I always (laughs) knew like, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't study like I thought I did, you know, like it was never that. So like that, I think, you know, to be able to get Mm -hmm. an education and never worry about racism and -hmm. know it's always your own merit. Right. Is, is, is life change. Mm
0: -hmm. And it's just that whole thought process of not to get off on like a little tangent, but that whole thought process of like they prepare you to be two times, three times, four times as good. Like I have a friend who's in graduate school right now and she said, listen, the way that Lincoln used to kick her ass has just gotten her ready. Like she said, her writing is probably some of the best among her classmates and just being able to just be in that space and be like, Oh, listen, because this one have flown at Lincoln, because they're they tripping over here. Like even things like, well, I was doing this like my freshman year, <laughs> pretty much. So it's like, it, it it pays off that all that uh, all that badgering and just like getting knocked in your head, it works. <laughs>
1: it really- yeah, yeah. There is, there is, yeah. The and the proofs in the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. When we look at doctors, lawyers, professionals, HBCUs are overrepresented. And I'm gonna leave you with this, this is in the game. Mm-hmm. I may mention it said nothing. How many, what's the percentage of, of all black people that go to college, what percent go to HBCUs?
0: I'm gonna
1: guess like 80%, 70%? Uh, 10%. 10%. Jesus. 10% out of all black people that go to college. Think about that. Only 10% are educated at HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, most people think it is it's, it's much higher.
0: Right.
1: Um, it's not, you know, and so we still got like, there's still much room for so much room for growth is is what I look at that. Um, and you know, the, like the longer I'm like with this game and promoting it and doing it, it almost becomes my, like, I almost want to say like, my mission is to get that number up to 25%. I want it where like, I want to live in a world where one in four black children is educated at a black college. Yeah.
0: I hope that that it gets there. Listen, and it needs to get there. Support and buy the game and. Right, right. right. We're going <laughs> to,
1: yeah, we're going to donate funds. We're going to, man, if y'all, yeah, I got some ideas, man. We're going to, yeah.
0: Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to jump over a question. Cause I know where, you know, I don't know what your time constraints. So I don't want to hold you up. So there's a couple that I want to talk about and it kind of okay. leads into what we were, we were talking about. So, <clears throat> and this could be like, I'm not as super well-versed. I could be, you know, off with this, but one thing I've noticed is there seems to be this untapped market within the HBCU space. So, do you think that is something that's finally being capitalized on, or is this thought um like a misconception? Um, you know, I think
1: so. There, okay. So, what I'll say is, I, I, you know, my belief is this, this, this was untapped in terms of, you know, and, and just to be honest, right, like this structured type, this type of structure, a game, really doesn't is it doesn't is new to the market in 2014 2015 when black card revoked right. is introduced right in terms of like a standard style that people mm-hmm. can understand um so i would say that my assumption is it was untapped in terms of nobody thought to make it for the hbcu demographic Definitely. um but you know going back there you know historically there have been like howardopolis mm-hmm. uh, spell monopolies uh so like those are other board games that exist within hbcu i didn't even know um, this. Sphere um yeah but I, they're old and like the spellman mm-hmm. one is basically a collectible at this point like if you find it you really should hold mm-hmm. it yes
0: oh, so okay that's what i was like curious about because i'm like you know like because even just with like i can so when i saw this game i was like it came across my timeline i was like whoa this is like really dope because like just and you no know, going to a, like a smaller HBCU you always see the apparel like you see the you know North Carolina a the Morehouse the FAMU and I love it because that leads to like the type of alumni you have in the network but it's like you oftentimes feel like you know damn I can't find some good Lincoln like apparel or something like that or like all these other HBCUs because uh, so I was just like wondering or like curious like how that kind of look now is this yeah. market still on tap so like definitely with your game it's like revolutionary. You know bye by the
1: way, so. yeah, and then a big thing is like we, I I, I I say 80% just because we didn't include like the junior colleges, right? But we, yeah, we all, all four year HBCUs they're mm-hmm. represented in this game. Like, mm-hmm. you're either like the subject of a question, like the answer mm-hmm. to a question, at, at least an answer choice or something, but like you will, everybody will see your, your school in this game,
0: all right, yeah. And that's good. That's so. Ain't no excuses. So my Lincoln people, y'all, y'all here.
1: Yeah. now nah, Y'all definitely in here.
0: Some other school down the street. Um, <laughs> I'm playing. Cheney, you in here too? I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. So as we kind of close up, a question I have. So. You, do you have any exclusives you can talk about what's next for you know higher learning trivia, you know, a little a you know, a little awkward adventures of a college graduate like snippet or, or yeah. preview, some little special you can give us that you can talk about that you, you
1: know. <laughs> no, you know, no, like my goal is just to grow the brand. I think mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. not nearly enough people know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when people buy it, they get it and say, Hey, like I love the game, it's everything mm-hmm. I want, it, and I just need to get yell you know, that message louder. So I'm just trying to get Get the name out there more like if you if, if anyone listening to this, you know, is a publicist or works PR or, you know, wants to show love hey, you know, go to the page at High Learning Trivia. That's um, the Instagram and, you know, shout us out um, or, you know, just reach out in the DMs and, and we can do something. But the uh, right now, the goal is to to grow the brand just from a, you know, just a notoriety standpoint but um this isn't the last game for for the brand i I have i have a ton of ideas left um you know that i do want to get out but i i want to get this game kind of out there and and known um to help fund those other ideas
0: definitely definitely it makes sense it's like you know trying to build your base then expand and like kind of your brand and stuff like that because yeah like just like based off of just like knowing like or being familiar with some of your work from just the podcast, I can imagine, like, what other ideas you have, like, doing HBCUs, doing this, doing that, and, like, all these different things. And, like, I'm, like, excited to see what that kind of would look like in terms of, of things. So that was actually my last question. So I think I want to, like, leave you leave it off with, like, allowing you to, like, you know, speak more about your brand, say if there's anything that you feel like you want to, like, talk about or, like, say whether about it was about, about the podcast or about just higher learning trivia, your, your game, what's something that you want to leave people with and listeners who may not be familiar with you?
1: Yeah. So, well, first, let me just say, thank you for having me. You mm-hmm. know, it's all, it, it always means a lot to meet somebody who got something from our podcast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it it's about, you know, for me as a Christian, it's like, if, if God can use me to, you know, help the next man, then, then mm. I'm in the right place at the right time. Mm. Um, so that's that's always special to hear how, how it helped people. Um, so thank you for that. Um, next, if you follow the brand, um, Higher Learning Trivia, that's the Instagram. You can find our website at HLTrivia.com. Um, we're going to give a 15 percent off discount to listeners of the podcast. Yes. Use code awkward or uh, lowercase awkward. And you'll get a 15% discount at checkout. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, j- hey, just you like the official pre- the official game, the official game for pre for homecoming pregames all 2021. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, tell your yeah. freshman roommate, tell your line brother, tell your sister, your line sister, yeah. tell your college professor who you didn't really mess with, tell the woman in the calf who gave you extra mashed potatoes, tell everybody.
1: <laughs> right. 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 I, you know, if 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 all things hold up, I would love to come into schools to do live mm-hmm. events. That's that's the goal for the fall, mm-hmm. if not the fall, the spring.
0: Definitely. Definitely. All right. And I kind of want to end it. All, I guess we'll end it off with that. Thank you so much. And one thing is, you know, if you first off follow Rodney, please follow him at Higher Learning Trivia. Um, That will be in the show link, you know, or show notes you know, check out the the game, it's important, it's something for the culture, by the culture, somebody who's an HBCU alumni, one of our people, you know, Morehouse College, it's, we got to support each other, you know, and this is dope, and, you know, we always talk about not having things for our culture, you know, being overseen, we're not in this sense, you know, yeah, do your thing, you know, check it out, you know, check him out, and even if you want to check the old, like, the podcast out, hopefully, you know they will be back for Bounce Bomb, Terry, I don't want to, would- yeah
1: no, no 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 we probably will we just haven't we, we like there's no release date for insecure so we haven't discussed it but like, yeah we we probably will we wouldn't do y'all like that that's that's really it. It, it really we love it too much
0: i was gonna say y'all do and i'd be hurt i'd be like come on <laughs> yeah yeah,
1: well, yeah. No, <laughs> go 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 listen to the old episodes because it's, it's some gems in there
0: it's some major gems listen if you want to you want to cry you want to laugh you want to just crack up, listen to the old stuff, like, and it'll give you, like, a much better understanding of, like, how this game came about and just, like, Rodney in general and just, like, yeah. you know, she's doing her thing as a comedian and everything like that, but, like, thank you. And, and she's
1: got another podcast, so. Yes, she
0: does have another podcast as well. So yeah. definitely... so
1: much love to Mel. Yeah, I didn't say that, but much love to her. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah, but thank you so much, and we'll see you again. Stay awkward, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>